1: And don't forget that all bodies really means all bodies, not just larger bodies, but bodies of all sizes, ages, races, abilities, genders, sexualities, and beyond.
0: Come along for the ride. My friends, and welcome back to another episode of All Bodies on Bikes, the podcast. This is Marley, and before we start the show today, I want to invite you to join me for a really special event next week on March 7th at 4 p.m. Pacific time for a very special International Women's Day conversation. This year's International Women's Day theme is all about equity. You might have heard this word tossed around and not really sure what it means, especially in the context of sport. Well, join me and a couple of really amazing women in the sports world, um, hosted by Celine Yeager and Sarah Gross, um, who you might know from other Feisty Media podcasts. I will be joined by Jessica Tuomela, Allison Tietrich, and Khadija Diggs, and we are really going to dig into what equity means to us. So join us next Wednesday, March 7th at 4 p.m. Pacific time. You can find all the details at feistymedia.com. Enjoy the show. Maggie, today's episode is really exciting to me. I just got to hang out with this person for like 48 hours. It was a little more than that. A little more than that. Um well, it was, yeah. Then anyway, I got to sleep in their house. Um, which sounds fantastic. Weird. <laughs> um,
1: no, I mean you get to be excited about that, I feel I, like.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know. It's kind of like a slumber party for adults when you like, but you don't which have to sleep on the ground. Are not done enough, in Agreed. my opinion.
1: Grown ups should be having more slumber parties. Our grape juice has improved significantly since we were little. It's got other stuff in it now and it makes you really happy to be in here.
0: (laughs) I told a partner one time that like, I was just really excited to be living with them because it was a sleepover every night and they just looked at me and I was like, you don't feel the same way, right? (laughs) We're no longer dating. So clearly (laughs) they didn't. (laughs) Anyway, let's get to the business of today's podcast. Shall we? Let's do it. All right. Um, today's guest, I'm, is it okay if I introduce them? It's fine with me. Great. Go Uh, for it. (laughs) This is why we don't record twice in the same day because we've lost (laughs) all of our magic. Um, their episodes are going to come out on different days, but that's okay. So today's guest is Abby Robbins. Uh, You may have heard them on a bunch of different podcasts, including Payson McKelvin's podcast, um, the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, and I think you've been on a whole bunch more. Um, So they are well-versed at this, um, but they are our guests today, all ours. Yeah, they are. (laughs) (laughs) So Abby is an author, teacher, and coach who found their career in helping people change their lives. Abby loves riding gravel and plans to leverage their skill set to make a positive impact in the cycling industry. Abby's work is supported by Giant Bicycles, Goo Energy Labs, Shammy Butter, and more. Um, also, you might know Abby as Queer Gravel. Welcome to the show, Abby. Hello. I am here on the show. It was so <laughs> emphatic. I mean we I'm are, we're excited to have you here. Yeah. yeah.
2: I'm excited to be here, even though here is just where I normally am. But I'm excited to be in this in in the cosmic space with you.
1: Oh. Yes, we're in I cosmic we were in space. space. So excited right now.
0: <laughs> did you did you guys see that um, the top of Mount Washington was technically in the stratosphere this weekend? Oh, no. yeah. I don't really understand the physics um, or the meteorology of it, but something about where the Jet stream was at and the weather, and it was also like a negative one hundred and twenty two degrees or something, sure, absolutely wild, so I'm really glad we're not recording at the top of Mount Washington in Vermont, yeah, yeah. that sounds <laughs> terrible, yes, <laughs> we are in our own little earth based atmosphere um so let's dig into it, Abby. um it. yeah, How- obviously, our show is about bicycles and all sorts of bodies being on bikes. How did you get into bikes well,
2: um. I mean road bikes as a kid like most people um but actually my first job when I was like in middle school was um building bikes at my then stepfather's bike shop so Oh cool yeah. So I got like an early entry uh like an earlier entry to like bikes as tools and bikes as forms of transportation and bikes as something more than just like a toy you might get like at Walmart like pretty early um and those things were like really ingrained in me that like oh this is a valuable tool and etc cetera, etc cetera. um and so i rode quite a bit then i had a mountain bike i had a really badass like schwinn uh mesa like mountain bike and Heck yeah not that there was any mountain biking. Real- I lived in Kansas at the time and not like the Flint Hills of Kansas that are like all hilly, <laughs> enough, like the flattest part of Kansas possible. So no mountain biking. Um, and I had a road bike. And I would ride around. Um, but then- I, I
0: also, oh, sorry. I totally interrupted you. That's my job. Um, <laughs> I also had a mountain bike. I was like my first exciting bike. And I lived in a very flat part of Texas, but I thought it was super cool. And like my big knobby yeah. tires and like, I could send it off a curb so hard. Yeah, exactly. That, and that's what <laughs> I did.
2: Right. And like, that was when the suspension had those little black rubber accordion things on it. And I just thought it was the coolest looking thing. I was like, yeah. Um, <laughs> looking back, I'm like, that's funny. Although I worked at a bike shop. Fast forward, I worked at a bike shop here in Texas, here in Austin, uh, for a little while. And somebody brought in an old Schwinn Mesa from like the same year that I had, and I was like, "That bike is still super cool." Um, anyway, rewind. Uh, rode around in high school and whatnot. Um, and then you know, didn't really ride a whole lot. Um, and actually lost both of those bikes. Uh, in 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 a, in a tragic car bike rack accident oh no um, driving on the highway and the bike rack flew off the back of my car <laughs> luckily no one was hurt it was in the middle of the night no one else was on the highway um but then I was just like running around the highway picking up bike pieces in oh, no. very oh, gosh very tragic so I didn't have a bike again for a real long time um I eventually became kind of like a fair weather commuter but then during the pandemic was this in Austin Yeah, I did a little bit when I lived in Northwest Arkansas. So I lived in Salem Springs for a little while and did some commuting there. Um, and that was kind of the extent of it, but then, uh, moved to Austin, did a little more commuting. And then during the pandemic, uh, I was like, I needed to, I did need to like make some lifestyle adjustments and be more active. And I always really liked biking. Um, So I was like, all right, I'm going to get a new bike. What kind of bike am I going to get? And I did a bunch of research, went down YouTube rabbit holes and found gravel cycling. And I was like, oh, shit, that's what I want (laughs) to do. and That's the kind of bike I'm going to get. And then I did. And I like totally fell in love with it um, and just started riding basically all the time. Um, Yeah. And then fast forward again, and we're here talking
0: about bikes some more. So it's kind of been a rocket ship for you because the pandemic wasn't all that long ago
2: no yeah it was it, and it was like it was basically two and a half years ago um so it was june of 2020 um and i set the goal of in june 2020 when i bought the bike i was like next year june 2021 i'm gonna ride unbound um and that was like my goal and you did and it
0: I met that goal heck, heck yeah yeah, yeah. Um, And actually you were the very first non-binary champion for Unbound Gravel. Is that correct?
2: That is correct. That is, that is why anyone listening to this podcast might know who I am.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, tell us a little bit about that. Well, actually let's back up. What does non-binary mean? Um, Folks listening might not know. And one of the things we try and encourage on this podcast is inviting folks in and, um, you know, non-binary and genderqueer folks have been around forever, but we haven't always used this language to talk about it. So do you mind telling us a little bit about it? Oh,
2: Um, so non-binary is, it's kind of an umbrella term, um, which is under the umbrella term of transgender. So we'll back up and talk about that. So if you are transgender, it simply means that you don't identify with the gender that you were assigned at birth. If you do uh do identify with the gender you were assigned at birth you're called cisgender that that is um, that's not a slur for <laughs> anybody who may be concerned about that it is just a descriptor a of of who you are um, and how you identify um so if you're transgender um the kind of next umbrella term underneath trans would be um like a binary trans person or a non-binary trans person um so it, Binary meaning one of two options, right? So traditionally the two options in the gender spectrum are male and female, man and woman. Um, and then there are plenty of trans people who want to transition from male to female, female to male, et cetera. Um, and then there are a lot of trans people who don't like either of those options. Um, and that's where I fall. Uh, I am non-binary. So I don't identify as a woman. I don't identify as a man. Um, I am uh, somewhere in between, somewhere uh, completely off the spectrum. It is somewhere out in the ethers, I like to say. Um, And it's really, again, it's an umbrella term. Some people like to call themselves gender fluid. Um, There are lots of different um, descriptors that you could get really in the weeds about. Um, I use the term non-binary because it seems the most both the most accessible and the most closely, um, closely defined to how I feel. Um, it can mean different things to different people, but generally speaking, uh, the simplest definition is you don't identify as either a man or a woman.
0: Thank you. Um, yeah, I I know it's not, people are probably always asking you to do that. So I really appreciate you putting the effort into educating folks.
2: Um, I don't get asked that very often. I don't think I've ever been asked that on a podcast.
0: Oh yeah. I think, I think we make a lot of assumptions, um, that we assume what we think something means. And like you said, um, definitions mean different things, to different people. So I really appreciate you digging into that. Yeah, definitely. Um, Maggie, you look like you're about to say something.
1: I was not, I was just smiling. I'm sorry. I'll never do it again.
0: No, it's okay. (laughs) Um, I, I tend to to talk a lot and so I just want to make sure I'm not. You do great. We're doing great everybody's doing great everybody is doing great um so as that feeds into um an event like unbound um can you tell us how that came about and it's it's obviously grown since then um i've got a picture of you handing out awards from this year's podium um but um
2: well i mean to give people a little bit of, of the history so um i mean it's 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 weirdly wrapped up in some like strange political stuff that's been happening over the last few years. Um, Arkansas passed some really regressive anti-trans legislation, uh, right about the same time that, uh, the UCI and USA cycling. So the UCI is like the world governing body of professional cycling. Um, and USA cycling is the the United States governing body, they decided to host some really big events in Fayetteville in 2021, right after all this legislation was passed. The cycling industry got kind of up in arms about it. There was lots of discussion about, well, what do we do? What do we not do? Um, but as I had mentioned, my my goal for my personal self was to ride it unbound in 2021. Um, and I had registered and, you know, I... All this craziness that's happened to me since Unbound in 2021 is really interesting to me because I I hadn't made any assumptions about uh, sports. Um, Like I had no expectations about how I would be treated or seen or cared for Mm -hmm. in this space.
0: Was Uh, Unbound your first cycling event?
2: uh, Large scale? it was it was definitely the first like large-scale event I had done a couple local events and I'd even done an event in just outside Tulsa because I have some family there Um, but they were all much smaller events Um, and so this was my first like really big event and truly I had no even at those smaller events I had no expectation of like people even caring that I was non-binary I just sort of was like I don't know. That wasn't what I was trying to get out of the space. I just, I wanted to go ride my bike. Yeah. And so I put up with the, you know, annoying check boxes and whatever. Um, but <clears throat> Unbound and Lifetime's response to everything that was happening in the cycling industry at that time and all of the, uh, the the hubbub and the, you know, political stuff was to actually create a non-binary category. For all of their races. And Unbound was the next one that was coming up when they had made this decision. Um, so I had already registered through the lottery. I got in and I was excited, you know, and they sent out an email saying, if you uh, you know, here's our trans inclusion policy. Um, you know, and they went through all of it in this email. And then they said, we've also created a non-binary category um, for people who identify as non-binary and for any trans person who doesn't feel safe writing in uh the category, like the category that they are required to based on these, um based on their trans inclusion policy. Um and so I was like, holy cow, this is for me. Like that, like I I get to like show up and be in the non-binary category. This is so cool. And I was, I was thrilled. So I sent them an email and it's like change my registration, blah, blah, blah. And they took care of all of it. Um And then it wasn't until we were my wife and we took my kids up. I actually have family near Emporia. So it was like a family vacation and we were really going to see my family. Um, and then I was going to sneak away for a day and do this race. Um, just
0: ride a hundred miles casually.
2: Yeah. You know, just like, give me, give me a day. Uh, It was was (laughs) nothing casual about that ride. Oh my (laughs) God. I was so unprepared. But we were riding, we we're driving up there and my wife is driving and I'm like, they, they make some announcement on social media that like, you can see the start list and see who all is riding. And, and I was like, oh, cool. I want to see all the other non-binary people. Cause like I had put some stuff out on Instagram, but I only had like 150 followers. And so I was like, well, I'm not going to like, I don't cast a wide enough net to find people. Um, so I was like scrolling and I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited. And then I look and in the hundred mile event, which is what I had signed up for. I was the only non-binary person. Um, and I was like, well, maybe there are some of the 200. Nope. There weren't any in the 200, not in the 50, not in the 25, not in the three fifty. out of 4,000 plus athletes. I was the only person registered in the non-binary category. Um, what were you thinking at that
0: moment? Yeah. Well, I was like,
2: in that moment in the car, like I thought it was, I was a little bit bummed. I was like, that sucks. Like, I wish there were more people. Um, but then I was immediately making the joke, like, well, as long as I finish, I win like yes. Um, and then I just sort of like, I I kind of put it out of my mind until like races was like two days before the race. Um, and Then like race day came around and i think over those couple of days hanging out with my family like it really sunk in that like oh no not not like i'm i'm the only one i'm the first i'm the only one here um i was i was super not prepared for unbound like until that point the longest ride i'd ever ridden was like 60 miles on pavement um, the last time I tried to ride a gravel century, I made it to like mile 42 and I had to call my mom to like, come get me like drive out into the middle of Oklahoma at the event that I was at in Tulsa. And she had to like, come get me. Um, it was pretty embarrassing, um, that. right. It happens. It yep. happens. There's no, you know, I say no shame, but I felt a little bit of shame and I was Just kind a of, smidge.
1: <laughs> you
0: know, it, it's there, it's there. It's hard to shake.
2: Um, <laughs> But so like, I went in and I went into this trip thinking, oh, it's fine. I'm just going to see what I can do. Right. Like I didn't have any expectations of myself. I didn't have any, um, I didn't have any goal really than to, to, to have fun. Um, and, and then it kind of sank in over that, those couple of days, it was like, uh, oh, oh no, I, I have to finish.
0: Mm, so you felt some pressure. Yeah. Yeah. And it, <sighs>
2: I don't know that it was so much pressure as it was duty. Mm. Um, like, and and I know that this isn't actually the case, but there was kind of this feeling of like like maybe it's not so much a feeling as just like a fear of like what I mean, what happens if the one person who shows up can't even complete the race? Like, will they have this category next year? Mm. Will they Will they like still see the need to have it? And so, I think for me, it was just like I, I need to I need to show up and I I need to finish. And so I was like, "There's a time cut off for the middle checkpoint," and I was like, "Okay, push yourself as hard as you freaking can." to get to mile 55, where my dad was waiting with like another, like hydration pack. And, you know, he was a nervous wreck the whole time he hated being my support crew (laughs) Um, because he's like, I'm never doing that again. Um, so I was just like, okay, ride as hard as I can get to mile 55 and then take as much time as you need to get the rest because like the time cut off after that was like another like
0: 24 hours. Yeah. It was like two
2: in the morning. Right. Like, and I got there <laughs> at noon. So I was like, okay, I have 14 hours to do this next like 50 ish miles. Okay. I can do that. Um, but yeah, it was super hard. Like, and I really feel like if I hadn't had that pressure or that sense of duty, um, I definitely wouldn't have finished like, because it was so Like I was so unprepared in, in like, I can't even express to you how like woefully unprepared I was.
0: (laughs) Yeah. This this is another topic that I hadn't planned to touch on today. Um, but do you have advice for other gravel newbies or should we revisit that later?
2: Oh, I mean, like, I guess my, my real advice for gravel newbies is just to go do it. Um, because like you're like just go do it because you're not going to get any more prepared by not doing it.
0: Yeah, that's and so like, true. I'm- I love
2: that. Yeah. Like and that's the thing is that like <laughs> I was unprepared and you know, there were I definitely had some like complications after the ride. Um you know, it was hard to walk for several days. <laughs> my feet were numb for like 3 weeks because Oh my- geez because my shoes didn't fit. Um, so like, make sure you have gear that fits, uh, which I know is a big thing with like a lot of the work that you're doing, but like, that's super important. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, like, just go do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, like I don't, I didn't have any permanent damage, so like not everything fit and my bike didn't really fit. And, you know, like all these things kind of came into, came into play, but still finished. Like I still did it. I still have the story
0: and you were Uh, on the podium. Um, so yeah,
2: well, that's funny. That's the funny thing. So the, for those who don't know, um, there the, most of the people who end up on podiums are very, very fast. And (laughs) that means that the podium ceremonies usually happen, um, like mid afternoon. Right. So like, the 200 mile race starts at 6am and they're done in 10 hours or less. And so, you know, I think it's like, it's like five or 6pm. 5pm is the time for the podium ceremonies for both the hundred and 200. Um, so I missed it. I wasn't even done. I wasn't even done riding. Like I still had another hour to ride before I even finished. And like everybody else who got podiums, we're, we're done. um. But, it, and again, like going back to this thought that like, I didn't have any expectations. Like I didn't expect anything. You right. know, like I didn't even know to look for the podium. Right. Like I was just like, I was looking for this chicken fried rice that happened at a food truck. Like that's what <laughs> I was. For yeah. Um, and, you know, my dad like took some pictures of me and I posted them on the internet and I said like, like I said, I was like, I am the non-binary champion of of Unbound. Um, And I made like some comment about like not getting an award or whatever, because I didn't expect an award, like, and it wasn't like a shady comment or anything. Um, But then quite literally, Christy Moan, one of the like race directors for Unbound, like reached out to me on Instagram. And I didn't know who this person was at all. And she's become a really good friend at this point. But she's just like, we do have an award for you. Like, we'll put it in the mail. Oh my God. Like, I'm so glad we found you. If you're still in town, please come by and we'll give it to you. And I was staying in Kansas city. So I was like, yeah, we'll just like, we'll go through Emporia on the way home that that's totally fine. We'll see you on Tuesday. Um, so then we drive to Emporia Tuesday morning. It's like 7 AM. Um, and we get to the, like the event headquarters and christy and her team have like set up the podium and they've put up the backdrop they've like set up the whole thing the way they do it for all the fast pros and it's like you know around the corner from their headquarters and it's all set up ready to go and they're gonna like have somebody take pictures um and so we had like an official like awards ceremony for me by myself
1: yeah <laughs> so <laughs> yes. awesome
2: um and then of course, you know, they posted about it and like, it got all this attention and, and suddenly I was getting all this attention. Um, and you know, people were like reaching out. I was featured in Velo news and and all this stuff. And so this is how I like accidentally became bike famous.
0: (laughs) You're doing the good work
2: though. You deserve it. You know, it's been, um, it's been pretty, I still don't really know what's happening most days. Um, I'm just kind of like, what, what's going on? (laughs) Um,
0: very relatable. It's yes. been a really
2: fun ride for sure.
0: So let's fast forward to, and I don't want this whole thing to be about unbound because you've talked about this on the Girls Gone Gravel podcast and yeah. Payson's podcast. And um, we don't need to to beat it to death, but to talk about the success of showing up authentically as yourself. Fast forward to 2022, there was a full podium. Am I correct on yeah. that?
2: So yeah. So the whole basically all this stuff blows up right i'm kind of like i don't even know what's going on like bike brands are reaching out to like sponsor me and i don't like i'm just like this is the this is the most ridiculous thing that i've ever heard of (laughs) i can't believe it's actually happening to me um so anyway i started working with giant bicycles i rode a giant in 2021 and so they reached out and they're you know they're global marketing directors like, oh, we've been sharing your story internally. Have you ever thought about being an ambassador? And I was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and so anyway, we started working together and and they wanted to do some like more storytelling around it. And I was like, well, you know, with all of this stuff that's coming my way, like bikes and kit and gear and attention and and all of these things, it's really been my goal and intention to like, make whatever has been really good for me good for as many people as possible um and you know all this stuff started happening and i was like you know what i would really like is to not be bike famous i would like for you know the fast non-binary people to get bike famous i would like for these, you know, I would like to not be on the podium. I would like for these fast non-binary people to be on the podium, these people who like have a desire to race professionally. I want them to have a space. Um, And so with Giants support and the support support of Lifetime and Unbound and um, all these other brands, Kuat, Shammy Butter, Goo, the list just goes like on and on. you know, with the support of all these brands and all these people, like we went about like doing the work to create a a larger category um, and get more people signed up, not just at Unbound, but at other events, like all across the country. Um, And then my goal, like I had an expressed goal of like, I want to show up at Unbound 2022. And I want there to be so many non-binary people that I don't end up on the podium. And podiums are five deep at Unbound. So I was like, all right, we have to have at least five other people in my event. And then I want full podiums at every other event. Um, and so it went from one person in 2021 to uh, 17 in 2020. Wow. Heck yeah. In, yeah. in all lengths of the event. So, well, not the not the 350, because that's a much smaller field, but um, 25, 50, 100, and 200 were all, all had non-binary participants.
0: That's so uh, rad. And I think importantly- there were likely unbinary participants in the previous years. Um, maybe the word just hadn't gotten out that this category was available.
2: Right. Um, there was actually at least one other non-binary person in 2021, um, who didn't get their registration moved over. Um, and so we've actually got connected, um, Eli, they're super great. Um, and I like double checked and I did beat them. Like I checked my time (laughs) and I was like, if, if they had beaten me, I was like, I'm going to give you the award. You did it. Um, but like my time was a little bit faster. So I was like, okay, cool. Like here yeah. it is. Legi- um,
0: legitimately like a pioneer of sports history right here on our podcast.
2: Yeah. That's a weird thing to like, uh, <laughs> take hold of, I guess, like, it's hard for me to like internalize that, but because it does feel so, um, unintentional, like it, it just, it, like, I just enjoyed riding my bike and now I get to ride my bike a whole lot more and I have a much fancier bike now. And <laughs> I have cool clothes to ride my bike in. And it just, it feels, um, I don't know. It's, it's a really weird thing. I have, I have, I go through phases where I'm like really stoked on it. And then phases where I'm like, what the hell is happening?
0: <laughs> um, I, I yeah. do too. Honestly, yeah. I was like, probably one of the slowest cyclists out there. Um, it's, it's very weird to be doing this for a living. Um, <laughs> and
2: I think it's good. I think it shows that like the industry is ready for something more than just the quote unquote pointy end at the race. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, you know, like this is a totally new field. It's a totally new, uh, way of talking about bikes and promoting bikes and marketing bikes, like that. the, that brands have not really done before. Yeah. Um, So it's interesting to be
1: like the first round of folks. (laughs) Well, I think, Abby, you said something when you mentioned that they, or when you were talking about them announcing the non-binary category, you said four words that I'm going to have framed on my wall. (laughs) This is for me. And I think both of y'all, as as somebody else and i'm going to speak for everybody that's listening to this i think both of y'all are people that like see these places where they they need to expand what they think of as a cyclist and you're like this is for me and all the rest of us are so used to thinking this isn't for me that we just think that again and walk the opposite direction and so on behalf of the rest of us i would like to thank both of you for looking at those spots and being like this is for me because you go in and you you race unbound and you you podium and they set the podium back up and that makes everybody that looked at it and said, this isn't for me go. Yeah. It might be though. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe it is. So
2: yeah. Thanks. Some feelings for sure. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you, Maggie. Um, That kind of leads into my next kind of question or topic of conversation is like, why does all of this matter? Um, You know, sometimes people are like, why you know you, Abby we had this conversation this weekend of like i don't throw my straightness in your face when i'm riding a bicycle why does it always have to be about you know your gender or your sexuality or blah 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 but let's talk about it why does it matter and you alluded to it of you know being able to show up authentically and um bring your whole self and to feel safe but let's let's dig into that a little bit
2: yeah um you know i think on the most basic level um everyone deserves to feel safe right showing up um as who they are um you know how they identify like what is in their heart right like you should feel safe showing up and being who you are um and so i think that that should also apply to every area of life right and bikes are an area of life
0: yeah um an area and- that we spend a lot of time in.
2: Yeah. Right. That we spend a lot like, and, and truly where I find, um, I find an immense amount of joy. You know, I talk about, you know, what I was going through at the beginning of the pandemic, I was dealing with health stuff. Um, I was dealing with like struggles in my career and then a pandemic on top of it. Um, the bike really quickly became a place where like, I felt comfortable i felt enjoyment i felt like a freedom and an aliveness that i hadn't felt in a long time and it became like this really powerful tool to manage my mental health and my physical health um and you know i spent because i started riding the pandemic i spent most of my time riding by myself and that's great like don't get me wrong um but when i started riding with other people and getting connected with other folks, I was like, oh, this is something new and different and special. Um, you know, like Marley getting to ride with you this weekend, um, you know, we took a ride out with some friends of mine, um, and my wife came along. We rode some gravel, and it, I was talking to one friend, and I was just like, when I get to ride with my wife and my friends, like, I just feel like everything's in the right place. Mm-hmm. And Everyone deserves to feel like that, whether it's on a bike or not on a bike, right? Um, and so, like, I always like to say, like, I didn't politicize my gender, like society did. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, if if that's how it's going to be, like, then yeah, it is. It is a political thing. Like everything you do is political because you've made this part of me that touches every part of my life political. So and you're just living your life. I'm just living my life. Like, like y'all are the ones who did this. And if you don't like that, then change it. Like, if you don't like <laughs> that, it's political for me to show up and, and ride my bike and and to show up as myself, then stop making it political. Yeah. Like it's that simple, yeah. right? Let me show up and be a human being with all the same rights as everyone else. And and then then we don't have to deal with this, like I don't have to you know, we don't have to ride with rainbow flags, and we don't have to you know like we're all just like being seen as people and not political pawns, I think, yeah, of course that'd be great, but I didn't choose that. I didn't choose to like I didn't start politicizing who I am, like you know the the dominant culture did, yeah, um. And I think you know, going going further into that, like, you know, any space, like any space where we're going to make the division between men and women, like we need to create the space to realize that there are people who fall in between those two and outside of those two options um, on so many different levels, yep. right? Like, it could be it could be simply a gender thing, right? Like how we want to interact socially. It could be a biological thing, right? Like biological sex is not binary, right? It, like in no way. and And so there are like, there are so many spaces where people exist outside of what we think of as, oh, there's just these two options. So it's like, if we look at sports, oh, we have men's sports and we have women's sports. And it's like, well, you're missing this whole group of people who don't get to participate because there's not a space for them, um, and I've been an athlete my whole life, like in different ways. My both my parents were teachers and coaches, and you know both my brother and sister played collegiate sports. And you know, growing up, it was a, like sport is actually where I felt the most included because the things that society said were not great about me when they saw me as a quote unquote woman. Um, that I was strong, that I was fast, that I was whatever. Um, Those things were really celebrated in sport. And I think that that's, um, you know, people who identify as women and who identify as athletes, like they feel a lot of that same feeling. Um, And as I came to understand who I really was um, as a non-binary person, I, I realized I missed that. Like I missed having a space that, really allowed me to be who I was and feel like celebrated and accepted because of it. And I'm not the only one. And that's why we need to make these spaces bigger for everyone.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, One conversation we had last week um, on the podcast was what event directors and um, event organizers can do to make spaces more inclusive. Um, We were talking last week about folks in bigger bodies, Um, but, you know, and some people hate it when I say this, but like, let's wave a magic wand. What does your like perfect event look like where everything is done to make you know non-binary folks feel welcomed or
2: um well i can tell you it's already been done it's called grounded nebraska okay <laughs> <laughs> um and i mean maybe it's not the like the absolute perfect event um but oh damn it comes close
0: what what makes it so special yeah
2: well so first of all kate and susan who run grounded nebraska they developed a an advisory board right so they have people of all different backgrounds um giving input into how to make their event better right and more inclusive of not just non-binary folks uh, but people of color um, people in bigger bodies all like parasite the whole thing right the whole gamut um, of all of these identities that have been marginalized in society, but are maybe even more so marginalized in sport. Um, So they have this great team of people working with them to help make an inclusive event. Um, They obviously have a non-binary category. They have wildly a a very inclusive trans inclusion policy. So if you aren't non-binary, you get to just ride in the category that you identify with. Um, You know, no questions asked. They're not, you know, trying to look in people's pants or anything like that. Right. Like
0: Hello, Florida. Actually, Ugh.
2: Yeah, which is actually a thing in Texas right now. Like we're not going to go into that just yet. But um and then they're also aware that like, I mean, cycling a sport generally um is pretty far behind. Um and cycling maybe even more so. So you know we're talking about um inclusion of non-binary people, but like, damn women don't even have a fair shake yet, like in the cycling industry. And so they um, really took that to heart. And so they have equity-based podiums. So people get paid for winning this event. The, the event gives them money. Um, but the women's and the non-binary category um, are paid like 20% more than the men's payout.
0: Hot uh, damn. I love it. Okay. Yeah,
2: it's, it's great. Right. So it's like. Not only do they, not only are they creating the space, but they're, they're aware of like the cultural context of everything that's going on. And they're, they're working to tip the scales, right. Um, you know, they're working to kind of put more effort in. And so those are things that I think of like right off the bat, like, yes, create a non-binary category. Um, and if you're going to create a non-binary category, it needs to be for non-binary people and not simply a place to dump trans women. Mm. If you, if you create a non-binary event, um, but you do not allow trans women to compete in the women's category, um, you are not an inclusive event. The end. Fuck off. That's how I feel.
0: (laughs) We agree. Yes. But
2: but that's, you know, so many people, I get the question well, why don't we just have trans women compete in the non-binary category? Or why don't we make like trans specific categories? Um, and, like, it just becomes a really dehumanizing process at that point. um, because when you say that, what you're saying is that trans women aren't women, right? Um, which likely means you don't know any trans women, <laughs> because trust me, if you know trans women, you know that they're women. Mm-hmm. and And, like, like, but there's not anything else I can say aside from that. Um, So, you know, going back to this idea of like a really inclusive event, um, things like that, you know, they grounded Nebraska had a, um, had a specifically queer meetup the night before Mm -hmm. and they had it. um, Grounded happens in a really small town called Roka, Nebraska. It's outside of Lincoln, uh, but there's basically nothing there except for a bar and some houses. Like it's literally like and there might be a grain silo next to the train tracks. I don't know. It's like very small. Um, so they were gonna have this meetup at the bar and they went and they like talked to the bar owner and they were like, Hey, we wanna come and support your establishment. Um, but you need to know that like we're having a specifically queer meetup and we wanna make sure that the people who are coming feel safe. Is that gonna be okay with you and the people that frequent this bar? Like checking in, like, is this a safe space for us to hold Mm. this particular event? Um, And the guy was like, oh, yeah, my daughter's gay. That's great. Um, And so it turned out to be this really, like, beautiful space. He was actually really excited about having um, all of us come, all of us queers come and hang out at his bar. Um, And so, like, those little things add up to a really incredible experience. Um, and I, I don't think people realize how, especially event directors, they don't realize how small these things are. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not that hard to throw another checkbox on, on a, on a registration. It's not that hard to check in with, um, you know, where you're going to be hosting something. These steps are small, but they're so impactful. Um, yeah. So there's my little shout out to Kate and Susan.
0: Um, and I just checked, uh, registration is still open for grounded Nebraska. Um, yeah. And they've got, looks like, um, ranging from 125 miles, 60 miles. Um, they even have a 25 mile and they have a 5k, uh, fun run and walk. So whatever your style is, um, grounded is on my list this year. Um, I will be there. There's camping. There's even showers with the camping. Um, yeah.
2: They have, um, if I remember correctly, they have like kids activities during the day. So it can be like a full on like family event. Um, and it's in a really cool location with all sorts of stuff. So it's like, like, it doesn't just, you know, like if you have a family, you can bring them along. Like that's a big thing right now in women's sports is that because women generally in our society hold, uh, the majority of the childcare. If you have children, you have a harder time getting to events. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, having events that are sensitive to that is, is so crucial.
0: Um, I am just getting major summer camp vibes. Um, but also just want to thank you for, you know, putting yourself out there. Um, I know often me and Maggie will talk like being fat is probably the least interesting thing about us. Um, but it has become almost our whole identity. Um, do you ever feel that way? Um, Um,
2: I, I sometimes feel that way in bike spaces, you know um and and i mean maybe you can like relate to this but i I don't know being queer um and being visibly queer and and uh i I don't want to say like more out there but like I'm, i'm more out there uh whatever space i've been i've been the queer you know um and and that that's meant that I've done a lot of this kind of inclusion work in a lot of different spaces. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, sometimes I call myself a professional queer. Um, Like I, like I, I make my living by being queer uh, in whatever way that takes shape. Um, But it is, you know, it becomes this like signal to other people, but, you know, like you said about being fat, it's like, it's not like my, like it's it's, just one element yeah well and it's also like even that one element in and of itself is not that exciting like i'm just a person yeah you know like i like you know my life is but you came to my house you saw me and my like we're just very regular people (laughs) it's like you know like i i'm married i have some kids we live in a house we have some pets you know and i and i kind of like to ride my bike you know And like, I have lots of interests outside of that. Like I have a whole career that has nothing to do with bikes and it's, and so, yeah, I definitely like, I can, I sense the like tokenization piece of it. Um, You know, I'm not naive. Like I know why all this is happening. Like I'm, you know, I'm an approachable trans person. Um, I, I make people feel comfortable generally speaking. And so, I'm an easy, you know, person to like put on a pedestal to be like, oh, look, here's our acceptable trans person. Um, but I think a lot of what I'm trying to do is, is help build those relationships Mm -hmm. so that people know like, oh, you're just a regular person. Yeah. The other trans people you meet are just regular Regular
0: people. Now they may
2: have different interests and they may have they might have different colored hair, or what? What? Happened. I know. Oh my gosh, you guys are blowing my mind right now. I know, I know. It's it's crazy to think about. Oh gosh, uh, but I think even you know, I always come back to like we have so much more in common than we do than we have differences, um, and it's easy to see these like flashpoints of like oh the trans debate or the queer debate or you know, like all of these different things. And it's like, we're really just people. And if you were willing to like, look past the political boogeyman, you would see someone you probably have a lot in common with, like- And that you probably get along with too. Yeah, exactly. And that's not always the case, Um, but you don't like, you know to the cishet folks out there, like you don't get along with every cishet person. So why would you assume you'd get along with every (laughs) trans person? like? You know we're just people and like there are really wonderful trans people and there are some trans people who are assholes and you know what we deserve to be assholes because everyone else gets to be yep you know like we get to like we deserve to show up in every version of
1: humanity um as everybody else does Abby, if you're going to be on here talking completely logically i'm not sure we're going to be able to continue this conversation I know. we just can't no, it's sorry. just making too much sense you know what <laughs> i mean That's true. it's just we've got to <laughs> We've got to wind back on the logic here, y'all. I don't know what's going on.
0: <laughs> um, I, I probably shouldn't say this, but I was really surprised this weekend. Um, it, we are celebrating Abby's birthday, which is coming up in about a week or two. And I love making cupcakes or cakes for my friends. And we went to the grocery store and I did not expect you to like plain vanilla cake and plain vanilla frosting. Yeah. But I think it just goes to prove that like... Even the most exciting <laughs> people can have really boring tastes too. Yeah, right. I'm allowed to have boring cake tastes. You are, later. and it doesn't yeah. actually say anything about you. It doesn't mean you're a vanilla person.
2: True. Although to be fair, you asked what my favorite cake was, and I did say Funfetti. Oh yeah. Have it because we were at the fancy, like, healthy grocery store and right. regular APB with trashy Funfetti. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, we've got we got a couple minutes left. Something that I really wanted to talk about is you had a post up on Instagram. Um, I was going to ask you, like, how do people be an ally to trans folks? And then I was like, no, Marley, one of the things you said in your post of how to be an ally is to educate yourself. Um, so I went back and I reread it. And you have six fairly easy things, at least to talk about in the podcast, um, for how to be an ally. And I would just yeah. love to go through those real quickly. Um uh-huh. Because you did the work, I'm not going to make you redo the work on this podcast. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So the first one is just to educate yourself. Um, Do you have any like books or resources that you would recommend to folks? Or is it just as simple as Google?
1: Um,
2: Well, one of my favorite things to um, uh, one of my favorite resources is um, the A to Z of gender and sexuality by Morgan Holub Potts. Um, that, so one of the big questions that I get is, um, you know, I don't know what these things mean. Um, and this is a book written as essentially, excuse me. Um, it's a book written as, uh, essentially a, a dictionary of all of these terms. Um, there's, there's more to it than just that. Like it's a really, it's a very engaging read. Um, but I, I, I know Morgan, he's a very good friend of mine. Um, and he wrote an incredible book that I think is really, really helpful. So anytime this question comes up, I always recommend that first. Um, but Google does have a lot. And one of the things I say in that post, um, is that learning how to, um, spot good sources versus bad sources, um, is a very important part of educating yourself, not just around these sorts of like issues and topics, but, um, just generally being information literate. Yes. Um, If you are not that, then that's where you need to start. Um, because you can't believe everything you see on Facebook. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> I know, mind blown again. Um, so learning how to like, learning how to see where your information is coming from. Um, and, and vet those sources is, is really important in educating yourself because it can be as easy as Google. And depending on your previous search history, Google might be a terrible idea. So
0: good point. Yeah. Um, the next tip you have for folks, and we'll put a link to that book in the show notes for sure, um, is to respect pronouns. Um, and this is something Maggie and I need to be better about. I use she, her pronouns. We should probably say that on every show. Okay.
1: I use she, her pronouns as well. I use they, them pronouns.
0: And it's really a simple, See how as- easy that was. We did it. Exactly. Good job guys. When you introduce yourself to somebody new, ask what their pronouns are and work on using them. Um, one thing that you put in your post that I love is you're you're going to slip up. It's okay. Acknowledge it, move on and help other people, um, use the right pronouns as well. So, you know, if we're talking about Abby and Abby's not here, um, and Abby or, and Maggie uses the wrong pronoun, I can just say, Hey, Abby uses, they, them simple as that. Very simple. Very easy. Yeah. Nobody's getting mad about it. Um, the next one I really love and something that I don't think I think about enough is to go with literally go with a person. Um, so, you know, maybe that's going to the bathroom with somebody to make sure that they stay physically safe. Um, you know, going with somebody to an event, maybe that's an Arkansas where it's not the safest space to be. Um, do you have any other examples of when it would be helpful to go with?
2: I think that that's brilliant. I think that that, I mean, that example works so well, like, especially, um, because you know I ride gravel. That's been kind of my thing, and it's like gravel is dangerous. Anytime you get out into rural areas, it's typically not safe to be queer. Um, and so you know, riding with folks, going you know like going with folks to the bathroom. As long as you like ask and you're not being creepy about it, like can I watch it, you pee? You know, like you know, like I gotta go too. You know whatever. Like not like follow them in a creepy way
1: do you need Um, to go to the bathroom do you need to go to the bathroom excuse me do you need to go to the bathroom
2: because i'll go with you i'll
1: go with you to the bathroom
2: (laughs) (laughs) um but you know there are a lot of really major events uh major gravel events that are in states with uh anti-trans bathroom bills uh, or bathroom laws on the books um so going with other folks uh to the bathroom you know why peeing is such a hot topic i don't understand but Hey, I'm gonna pr- I'm gonna protect myself. I'm gonna take some friends with me when I need to do my business.
0: Yes. And I will gladly be that friend. Um, you know, if we are at an event and you see me and you are not feeling safe, um, be like, Marley, let's go to the bathroom. And I won't think you're creepy at Marley, about. let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, this next one kind of is on that same. The next couple are to use your privilege. Um, so as a cisgender person, I can advocate for my trans friends. Um, you know, one of the easiest ways to do this that I found in my career even is if there's a single gender bathroom, um, just asking them to change the language on the outside of it to say gender neutral. Um, you know, oftentimes there will be single single stall or single person bathrooms that are still labeled men and women. And that just others so many people. Um and that's a simple thing you can advocate for at your place of work, at a bar, at a coffee shop. Mm -hmm. It doesn't even cost any money. You can literally put a cute sign up that says gender neutral.
1: I like yeah. the one I saw online the other day that just said human.
0: There you go. Yeah. Not um, you in there. <laughs> and then you've got two more on there. Um, it's just to stay open, you know, continue to learn. Um, things will continue to evolve and change and um, just being okay with that and learning and changing. Um, and then finally to support trans advocates and athletes. And you put a couple of resources in here. Um, do you have a, do you want to name off a couple that if folks wanted to support organizations, um,
2: yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I will say it myself cause I'm trying to do some big things this year and I could definitely use the help and support. Um, but also, you know, the, the ride group is doing lots of wonderful work. Uh, that's Molly Cameron's, uh, organization. They're doing a lot of work in the, you know, in the performance space and getting more folks, you know, to feel safe on bikes and, and really start a conversation. Um, but then I think after that, my, uh, my, my goal would be to have people, um, look up who's doing the best work in their area. Right. So yeah, there's all these like national things happening and that's cool. But when it comes to like the most bang for your buck and like how the most money gets directly to being supportive, um, it's, it's the local organizations in your area. Um,
0: and that's, that's huge. Yeah. And again use those Google skills. Yes. Right.
2: Yeah. It's you will find it.
0: Um but we'll put up a direct link to both Queer Gravel and Ride Group 2 that you mentioned yeah. in the show notes. Okay, well
1: Abby, perfect day on a bike for you. Day on a what bike. What does that look like?
2: Um shit, it looked like Saturday. Yeah. True. Uh Marley was in town we were it was kind of my like birthday ride. My birthday's not so next week, but Happy birthday. Um, I I claim the whole month of February as my I birthday. That absolutely February is my birthday. Um, but I got some friends together. Um, Marley was able to come. My wife rides, but not a whole lot, and so when she does, it's always really fun for me. So it was like my wife, my best riding friends, and a beautiful day. Um, like the weather was gorgeous and it was my favorite route in, you know, my favorite gravel route around Austin. Um, and it was just super fun to like hang out and chat. We weren't trying to like hammer or anything like that, you know, took some time to like get some content, make some videos. I put my drone up and like
0: cool
2: stuff. Um, yeah. So I think perfect day on the bike. I, I, if only that were longer, I think Mm -hmm. like if we could do that all day. Um, With like a fun lunch stop in between, it would be perfect.
0: And then at the end, we had cupcakes and non-alcoholic beer.
2: We had cupcakes. We had non-alcoholic beer, and then we went and got pizza. It was, I mean, it was a very, very well-rounded day.
0: And then I we mean, well, I took a nap. We didn't take a nap. Took
2: a nap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I played with all the footage that I took. That was my like.
0: <laughs> Where can there folks you find your footage?
2: Uh, yeah. I have a YouTube channel. Um you know, I tell people I got into gravel because I was, I I found it all on YouTube. And, Ah. um, now I feel like how much cooler would it be if another queer trans person was out there looking for what kind of cycling they wanted to do. And they saw another trans person out there doing the stuff that they wanted to do. So, um, youtube.com slash queer gravel, basically queer gravel across all platforms. That's where you'll find me. Um, but yeah, go, go watch my YouTube videos. I, I think that some of them are pretty good. Um, I'm new to this, but I'm really having a lot of fun. And uh, there are a couple of videos that
0: I'm like, I did a good job. Wow. <laughs> I was like, I watched
2: it back and I was like, oh.
0: <laughs> I would hundred oh percent agree. Your video production okay. skills are like, I don't know, a hundred times better than mine. And I try and have a YouTube channel kind of so go watch abby's youtube videos is the moral of that story there you go
1: well and then our my my favorite question to ask people in general but especially people that are on here you get to talk about bikes a lot you get Mm -hmm. to talk about non-binary a lot Mm -hmm. what is something you wish you got to talk about more something you wish more people asked you Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah uh
2: (laughs) i don't i don't know um, I mean, I like talking about my actual job. I'm I'm a uh, I'm an Enneagram coach and teacher. I wrote a book on it. Fantastic. Uh, Enneagrams a personality like typing system. Um, I'm kind of a nerd about um, interpersonal slash spiritual development. Um, so if you want to know how to be a better person, like hit me up. I'll point <laughs> I'll you in the direction of like my actual work and like uh, yeah, I, I really, I have a lot of fun talking about that sort of stuff.
0: Awesome. Um, Abby, this has been such a pleasure to spend this time with you. Um, our community is better for having you in it and for sharing your wealth of knowledge and resources and, um, just being yourself. So thank you. Um, I, I do think that, you know, young queer folks or even older queer folks are going to see you. They're going to hear you and they're going to say, yes, I can do that um this so, is for me yep exactly yeah. this is for me um so thank you again for your time and we will put links to everything we talked about in the show notes and um yeah go go follow abby everywhere at queer gravel everywhere
2: everywhere except for the bathroom
0: and unless- okay yes yeah, unless you ask
1: yes. ask <laughs> first <Yes. laughs>
0: all right this has been another episode of all bodies on bikes the podcast um Woo. thank you for joining yes. us abby yeah. nice Woo.